Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life. And the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. And today we've got a wonderful, wonderful guest that is going to really talk about a different strategy into the way apartments are being built, how they can become more efficient. And I just really love this ideal and concept. Mike Kading is going to really talk about his company, Norhart, and how he has created a culture and a concept that is taking the building industry, building apartments to the next level, and how he's achieved efficiencies you will not see in very many other operators. So hold on for that. Before we do that, a word from our sponsors. Hey everyone, 2023 is the year where new millionaires are made and it's time to take action. A lot of things have changed in multifamily and you need to know what is working now. You must learn how to raise cheap capital correctly. You need the systems to unlock unlimited deal flow and you need a support team to guide you along the way. So guess what? The Kahuna boardroom is now open. We only have space for about 60 people, and I'm telling you, this event is next level. We do it right, we do it well, and I will teach you. I will give you everything that I've learned. Now, I only have space for 60 people, and this is really the course that will get you there. So it's three days of live training, a full home study course, our trusted cash flow calculator, to underwrite your deals. And if you enroll now, I'll include five bonus training sessions building up to the live event. So listen, do not waste a single minute. Go to the Kahuna boardroom. I've just lowered the price to $997 for, this is a Valentine special, my friends. Only 60 people get to attend this event. You want that to be you. So go to kahunaboardroom.com and register today. You will not be disappointed, my friend. All right, we're back. Again, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Please pay attention, take notes, and these things that he's talking about, I think we can all take some few nuggets and say, how can I implement that in my business? How can I get some takeaways from it? Because there's lots of gold that was being shared. So guys, let's get to it. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Right on. So really excited about, I love how there's always a difference in these podcasts. And this is one that guys, as you're listening, I really want you to pay attention to because we're going to go into some territory. I think that's a little bit unique, a little bit different. And I think different in a lot of times is good because you can really open your horizon and expand your mind. And this is going to be one of those podcasts that's going to do that. So before we get to that though, Mike, can you just give us a little bit more who Mike is and, and your kind of your beginning? So give us a little background story. Yeah. So at a high level, I'm CEO of Norhart. We design, build, and rent apartments. And my parents originally started the business. It was a very small multifamily business at that time, really in a handful of units. And so I grew up with it. There was a Many times where a family outing would be us going to the local hardware store, filling our trailer full of material with eight like carts and then driving that to our site. And a couple of us kids, plus my parents, building these small apartment buildings. And over time, I went off to college for computer science and mathematics. And my dad really wanted me to come back and join the business. But I didn't really want to at that time because I didn't want people to feel it was given to me. So I kind of worked through my own ego. But deep down, I knew that I always wanted to take something small and grow it to something much larger, to make an impact 
in the world in some way. And so this was kind of that opportunity for me to do that. So let's jump into that a little bit more, because what you do, I think, is a little bit unique and different than most people. And we talked before the show started about really how you guys are finding ways to construct new buildings and things like that, a big savings, a big discount, and then really trying to be able to pass that savings on Mm. a lot. So expand on what we're doing here. Yeah. So we build our buildings. We are very vertically integrated. We have all the different trades in-house, even some of the manufacturing facilities now in-house. But we're achieving 20 to 30% reduction in costs for similar buildings with other developers. And we think we can reach 50% reduction in costs. Wow. If you look at the past 60 years, manufacturing has improved productivity by 760%. Agriculture has improved by 1,500%. Do you have any guess what construction has done? Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably not even close. I'm going to say it's maybe 20%. 10%. Essentially nothing. It's terrible, right? Like, why do we put up with that? There's so much in this industry that's sort of stuck in its old ways. After joining my dad's business, it wasn't long after and he passed away. And that was a kind of really tough moment for us. In a lot of ways, I didn't know what I was doing. But looking back, that was sort of the magic because we started questioning everything. Right. And there was no one to say no to us. And so that started this journey of discovering new ways to do construction. What if we do this? What happens if we hire everything in-house? Like, And really, you think about that. By bringing and hiring the right tradespeople in-house on your staff. Now, to do that, though, you've got to stay busy, yeah. right? Yes. So how do you tackle that portion of what you're doing? So are all these projects your projects? Do you develop other people's projects? How does that work? It's all internal. Now think about this. For example, our most recent buildings, we're now at a scale that we're producing a $100 million building. The construction cost of that for us is about $68 million. The banks are typically willing to fund about 75% of the project. So it's $75 million, which means each building we do generates cash. And so we can build them pretty much indefinitely. Now, the last year has been a little bit different with uh, banks coming in and being a little more skittish, but generally that is how it works for us. Do you guys take, and after that, do you own and operate or do you disposition? No, we own and operate. So you're building your own ecosystem. So all the way through the whole product cycle from start to finish. Exactly. Man, that really, now when you put dollars and numbers into that, that's cash flow, my friend. Oh, yeah. And what's great is you can take that cash flow and move it into the machine, the engine that's building the buildings to again drive down the cost even further. People do this all the time in manufacturing. Why has it not been done in construction? I don't know. But you can apply the same techniques. So what are the things that you do? Like, So give me some examples of some things you've been able to achieve by applying that kind of mindset, right? One of the first techniques we used was so bringing everything in-house. But right there, you already see some efficiencies because there's a lot of like people not working well together. If a construction company were to produce cars, you'd have a different installer installing the wheels, a different installer, a different company installing the windshield, a different company installing the door. And the door company would call you up and say, weather happened, got busy on another job, I won't be out there for a week. And then your whole line gets shut down. And then when they are out there, they'd be upset because they only get to work on one car at a time, right? So by bringing it all in-house, we can now do some really cool stuff. One of the first things is the assembly line. So in a manufacturing, you have a product that moves down a line and people work on that product. For us, we take our buildings and break it into smaller chunks we call batches, which is often less than even one unit. And the team will come in there, do their work, and they only have a few hours to do that work before moving to the next unit. 
And so you can condense all that work down to take a 15-month project down to nine months. In Toyota, for example, they produce a car every 55 seconds. We're producing an apartment unit every five hours right now. And we think we can drop that down substantially. Well, it's really taking a manufacturer approach mindset into the whole construction phase, which is leading to far superior productivity and cost savings as well, right? Yes. And once you get that down, because it's always the law of repetition as well, Mm -hmm. right? The more your group of guys get used to, this is the way we do it. And it's kind of that way every time. Now, when you guys design your buildings, are they kind of the same? Are they a lot of times different? Or does the recipe change a lot? The recipe has been changing a lot over the years because we're trying to improve the quality and the speed. I think there will be become a point it slows down, but we have bringing all of architecture and engineering in-house too. And one of the powers behind that is an engineer will typically be like, I'm only engineering this part of the building. But then if you ask me for a tool or a system or a way of constructing that that's better, the engineer's like, that's not my job. You go find someone else, right? Our engineers, they don't just think about the design of the building. They think about the constructability of the design and the tools that they're going to put in place to help that constructability go better. Yeah. And that's the difference because they're looking for a bigger piece of the company's objective is, and I think that's the most important part that you're bringing to the equation is I think about Intel, right? So we have an Intel plant right next to me, right? Yeah. And they're all about eliminating waste. They hate waste. And that's really what you're talking about in a lot of senses is it's waste, lean manufacturing, making sure that we have the products on house or on time. But everybody, I mean, there's guys at Intel that I know, their only job is to say, this water, this wastewater, what do we do with it? Is it best to sit on a truck and make it go out? Or can we create a system to go and clean it and then reuse it into our factory so we don't have to using just making waste? We're reusing it, right? That's exactly right. And we have people like that in our organization as well. In fact, I'm glad you brought up Lean because who invented Lean? It was Toyota. And I happened to be speaking at a conference and I got in contact with Toyota and we were just talking with them and said, wouldn't it be interesting if we could partner up with Toyota to apply some of their principles into our facilities? And so now we have a partnership and Toyota is out here once a month for a week working on helping us apply the techniques that they've invented. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Right. Now, to get to that level, too, you think about because you're saying you started from humble beginnings, right? Yeah. Then you had this idea. And then, like you said, your dad passing away was one of those things where it was right, probably handing you the keys and saying, go build it better, build it better than I ever did. Like, that's that would be my only goal for my son. I'm hoping he wants to come to business one day. But I'm like, build this thing better than I ever could. Yeah. Right. I think. By you going away for a minute and coming back allows you to have a fresh perspective on on the idea of it, right? Because that's a revolutionary idea. Yeah, and the idea is is revolutionary. But I think what's really interesting is the challenge of the implementation. Oh, yeah. Musk talks about how it's really hard to build one car, but it is 10 to 100 times harder to build the system that builds the car. And that's what I think this industry hasn't done well. They've done it okay, but not at a world-class Tesla kind of level. And we want to apply yeah. what Tesla has done to cars into the construction space. And now, Mike, you're making me want to just say, I want to go over and watch the process. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take notes because like, that's huge, right? Like To think about, as an industry, most people are very closed-minded in our space. Yes. Right? And they shouldn't be. Which is why it's so ripe for improvement. They're stuck in their ways. It's worked well for them. Why change it, right? Right. But there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. So the markets that you do go into, how did you come up with those 
specific markets that you guys build are building in now? Yeah. So right now we are in Minnesota. We have manufacturing facility also in Wisconsin. We're expanding in Texas, the manufacturing facility we're working on in Mexico. We, Minnesota was simple. This is where I was born and raised, but Texas was all about where do we have a lot of runway for growth without having to expand a lot geographically. Right. Right. It's a fast growing state. And so it just made sense. It was also close to Mexico, which we liked. Cool. So when you say a manufacturing place, so that's where you guys are building, like, what do you do at the manufacturing spot? Are you building, pre-building a lot of your stuff or like what goes on at your manufacturing spots? Yeah. So we're starting to do more pre-building, but really two major things we're doing right now. One is precast concrete. So the columns, the posts, the beams that go into the foundational aspects of the building. We have facilities now that do that internally. But the second one is steel wall panels. And so we switched over to steel to give us some more flexibility. But we build the entire external wall panel, all the siding, everything fully complete. They kind of set them in place like Lego bricks. I see us moving more toward moving more of the work into factory-like settings. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That really is. That is out of the box thinking of like, this is not traditional, but it's efficient. Yeah. It's very efficient. And how come like we're not efficient in that area? I don't think anybody's took the time to say, like you said, it's building the thing that builds the car. Yes. Right. And that takes way more time and a lot more thought process to get it right. And essentially, you guys are pioneering the way here. I've not heard of very many people that are doing this in the way that you're doing it. To me, that's exciting. It really is. Yeah. You look at the last couple of decades and the cost of housing has risen faster than salaries. Like, especially if you look out the next 30, 40, 50 years with demographics the way they are, more and more retired people and less working population. We're in a world of hurt nationwide unless we solve something with our economy. And the biggest chunk of people's expenses is housing. So if we can take that 30% chunk and make it only a 20% cost or a 15% cost, it's going to radically improve everybody's lifestyle in the United States. Well, it allows you to, no one can compete with you. I think that's the other part of it is like, okay, if you can go build a brand new building that is great quality, and then you can offer that at a price that your competitors wouldn't even be able to touch, right? You will always stay full. Staying full is half 90% of the battle in profitability. But also when you have a cost basis that no one else can even be close to, now you're leading the industry and that allows you to to get green-lighted more projects, right? So funding for these things, right? Do you partner with investors at all? Is it just bank money? How do you uh, put your deals together? We have not needed investors. Because like I said earlier, every project we do, it generates cash, which has been wonderful. We are, for the first time, launching a platform that lets people invest in some of our projects. It's called Norhart Invest, but it's really aimed at kind of retail investors. It's basically eliminating the bank is the thing we thought of, is can we eliminate the bank and then give the investors not just the rate of return they would have gotten the bank, but also the profits of the bank. And so that's no hard to invest, but I'm assuming we'll expand that eventually to give people more traditional investment avenues as well. No, I get it. Yeah. So just teach it is more of a debt piece, right? Yeah. Like, let's just get where we don't even have to go through the regulations of the bank either, right? Exactly. So perfect, yeah. right? Because still, the bank still has their boxes and whether we like them or not, and especially in our current environment, it's different. Yeah, exactly. And then it's exciting too, to think like for the average investor, for the retail investor, like what? I can earn rate of return plus all the bank's profits? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Tell me more, right? Yeah. 
Hey everybody, I just wanted to remind you, the Kahuna Boardroom is open and it's live. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, anybody that's attended this event, I'm telling you right now that they have been blown away. And the reason for that is you know how you go to most events and there's a bunch of selling and this, you need that, you need my next course, you need all this other upsell stuff. Like the event that you go to is really not the one that you really need. That's not this. I spend three days teaching you everything that I know. I give you all my forms, all my stuff. And most importantly, if (laughs) I introduce you, I give you my credibility kit. In other words, we make one for you guys. But because I put myself as your partner, I get to include all my properties in your credibility kit with your branding, your colors. I don't know who else does that, but I'm telling you just for that alone, it is worth the 9.97 just to get in. So if you're looking to change your life in 2023 and really level up, I highly recommend that you go to kahunaboardroom.com and register now. April 27th through the 29th is when the event starts. So when is the Kuna Boardroom? It's April 27th through the 29th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Guys, you will not want to miss the event. The weather's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful time. And I would love, love to see you there. And especially when you're building that product, again, it's a new product. It's going, when you can build it significantly less than the others, to me, that sounds like a win-win combination. That really is a leap and bounds. I didn't know how this podcast was going to go, but we're letting it unfold. I was like, gosh, damn, that's brilliant. That's absolutely freaking brilliant strategy. And really, it's not actually that complicated, what you're saying. No, not at all. It's the execution yeah. what's so hard. It's changing mindsets. It's a construction is a culture that tends to be more rough and tumble and difficult and challenging and Right. The way it's always been. Well, let's change it. Because now you're really in the people business, truly. Yes. If you ask me, right? I would say your biggest asset that you have is your people. Absolutely. When you look at our three core strategies, the number one strategy and the one we have to get right, otherwise everything else fails, is the people. And this is the most important lesson I've ever learned in life. We want the world's best. Literally, that is the goal. And so we will fly people in from other states, like Florida, for example, I fly them in every single week to work it, and then we fly them home because they're the best in the world, their niche. We have an international team because we found the best people across the country. And it's amazing when you bring the best people together, they start unlocking doors and solving problems that you didn't know could be solved. And that's where these things start to really open up. Amen. One plus one does not equal two, not when you're hiring A players, right? Yeah. Especially, and the way you're doing this, you're getting them all into a think tank and say, here's the deal. How do we solve? Where can we be better at? And then smart people get together. When you hire the best, they solve problems, like you said, that you don't even know was there. They're like, hey, if we do this, this, we can increase productivity by 25%. You're like, oh, didn't even think of that, right? It's amazing. It's so much fun coming into work when you're working with people of that kind of caliber. Yeah, great. Then what drives you now? Like, so you've built this model. Where is like, are you guys just getting started? Do you feel like we're going to do this for a little while longer? Or is it like, this is, we're not even started yet. Like you've just seen us get good. You know, as I mentioned earlier, my dad passing, it really makes me think a lot about how short life really is. We only live about 5,000 weeks here on this earth. And I wake up every morning and I ask myself, how do I want to spend the minutes I have here on earth? For me, a big part of that answer is I want to make some kind of meaningful, positive impact on the world. And this may seem a little bit crazy for someone in multifamily, but I honestly don't care about the money. I really don't. What I want to do is I want to see if I can solve some kind of societal 
pain point for the world because that's the legacy you live. I don't care if there's dollars buried in my grave. I care, did I make the world a meaningful, better place? Did I make a dent in the universe? Did I matter? Did I make a dent? Did I create something that's going to last beyond me? Yes. Exactly. So that's my motivation. So we're we're just getting started because we haven't solved that. That's a huge why. And that's a great motivator too. Yeah. Right. I agree. I think for people that are starting out, I know you're going to say, well, Corey, I need to make money. I get it. Right. But I'm going to tell you, there's something that happens once you go over and past that barrier where money is no longer the issue. If something changes inside you. I am not motivated by money either. Right. Like I could care two less sense about it, right? I'm going to make my money regardless. I want to impact others, right? I want to make sure that I call it the supplier of fun. I want to give people memories. I want to be around my family. I want to take people out on vacations that they couldn't go maybe. I want to give people experiences. That's kind of what I like to do. Yeah, It's never about money anymore. We keep track. We keep score by the dollars because we run businesses that employ people. And I think, Mike, you'll probably say this. I feel like this is your company. That is the legacy is your people. Yeah, Your people will tell the story long when you're gone. Your companies, companies can still be in business long after you're gone, right? And it's the employees that will tell that story and carry the torch. Sounds like that's the kind of company you're building. Oh, absolutely. People are the center of it all. If you get that right, you can screw a lot of other things up and you'll still be fine. If you get that wrong, it doesn't matter what else you do. You're going to fail. Awesome. Well, I want to just tell you, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that vision. What does the future hold for you guys? Yeah, so we've been roughly doubling in size every year right now, but we are working to expand down to Texas. We're working to develop our technologies even further in our construction efforts. We're also working, there's a really kind of, our third strategy is about designing buildings. One of the questions we asked ourselves is, if Apple were to design a building, if Disney were to design a building, what would that building look and feel like? And so we're starting to think about that and taking the experience up beyond what you've seen elsewhere. And so there's that that we're working on as well. To me, that's the X factor that what can we bring to the market that's not even there? Yeah. Right. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a bunch of innovation. It sounds like that's been your kind of jam is this innovation piece, getting the right people together and really empowering them. That's what I feel like that's your, oh, yeah. what I'm hearing. It's not like you're pulling all the strings and calling all the shots. You're empowering your team to come up with ideas, but you're leading it with a very strong vision of these ideas that are very electric and very palatable where people are like, I want that too. I want to do something because then you're getting a bunch of people that want to do stuff that matters. Like Elon Musk didn't put a spaceship in space because he did it all, even though he did a, he helped design it, but like it was the idea behind it. And then he brought on the engineers. We have a lot of people that work here that, that are that same mindset, right? They could go work anywhere, right? They have lots of opportunity. But they choose to work here because of the impact that they know they can make. And you talk about empowering people. I think that is so critical. One of the magic things that happens when you hire the best people is then you can enable like crazy amounts of freedom to people to do what they think is right. And so at orientation, it's two and a half hours long, and I do all of them right now. But the biggest thing we talk about, one of those core things is you are empowered to make decisions. I'm telling you right now, you don't need your manager's approval. You don't need my approval. If you believe it's the right thing to do, act first. And then we encourage people to come back to the team meetings and discuss it. 
But what we find is that oftentimes people get stuck and feel like, I need all this approval. Right? You just need to go out and act and do what you think is right. Yeah. Like that's when you're hiring the right people. Like, listen, that's why I hired you because you, you can use, you have a brain, you have ideas, right? Yeah. It's okay if you fail. We're going to screw up sometimes, but that's okay. But then you learn from, then you know that that didn't work, right? So, okay. But don't be afraid to fail. That's the entrepreneur creed, mm. right? And you got to go out there and do it. Yeah. It's so true. When we start off anything, we're terrible at it, right? And actually, yeah. when I started off, not long after my dad passed away, the building I was working on, the city shut us down. Terrible. Because like, I, I was a little pipsqueak. I didn't know what I was doing. But then you just keep powering through that, even though you're wrestling in your own mind. Am I good enough? Am I capable of doing this? But that experience, for me at least, then in that project, the city staff came back and said, Mike, this is the best project we've ever seen in the city. It's like, finally. You don't <laughs> get that relief. You need to have your own internal energy to constantly be pushing and working to become better before you get that experience. Yeah. I love this piece that you said that you uh, do your orientations. I believe, I wish more company uh, CEOs and leaders would be involved in their people more, mm. right? I do that a lot. I believe my biggest job is people, culture, yes. right? When I do that well, and I'm involved in that well, because your vision starts with you. You're the biggest visionary of your company, right? And I can see that. And you got to let people catch that dream with you. Yeah. Right. And unless you're doing it, it would be not, it's not the same as someone else does it for you. When you do it, it really does make a, a huge effect. Yeah, exactly. I could not agree more. Awesome. Mike, again, I want to thank you for this time that you've given us today and sharing your company, your vision, what you guys have been doing. It's sort of amazing. Would love to have you further down the road, maybe a year from now, because I want to hear about your update, your progress, what you guys have been doing, because it's really exciting for me to think about the ingenuity and just the, how you're bringing these smart people together, because I know there's going to be things that I don't even know about that you're going to help me solving for our future as well, and really for the industry's future. Yeah, that's so true. It'd be fun to be back on too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, any books that you've been reading lately that you want to share has had impact on you? Oh, there's so many. I try to read a book a week, but probably the most impactful book for me ever was by Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix. It's called No Rules Rules. It's about this concept of hiring the best people and giving them the freedom to do what they do best. Awesome. We will put that. I've never read that book, so I think I'm going to go read that one as well. I'm always looking for good books that kind of challenge my thinking. And I already have that belief and mindset, but I would love to see that perspective on it because I do think that when you hire A players, it really yields benefits you would never expect. Mm-hmm. Right. So true. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And then if people want to learn more about your company and maybe some of the opportunities that you guys have, where do they find you, Mike? Yeah. You can visit our website, norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com. You can see on there the invest platform that we'll be launching in the next couple of months. We'll also be launching a podcast called Becoming a Unicorn. It's about the journey of small businesses becoming billion dollar enterprises. So that should be fun as well. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, again, thanks a lot. Like, listen, for those of you listening right now, this is such a phenomenal story of someone that was, again, there's so many ways to make progress in multifamily or in apartments, investing. There's lots of avenues. And here it was someone that didn't really, wasn't sure that that was the right path, but probably in his heart knew maybe that's probably where he'd end up. Came in, took an idea, took something that was already built, but improved upon it and made it mo better, right? And when you do that with the right heart, the right mind, the right soul, and the right attitude and outlook, magic happens. And that's what's happened for my guys. But 
all that started before it was anything, it started in his mind, right? Mm -hmm. He had to think these thoughts and then start to believe that they were true, guys. Your beliefs and what you hold dear are the most sacred thing you'll ever have, guys. It is the way to success. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.